guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk. Now, today we are back with, I guess, a fan favorite series we'll talk about, which is A Shadow in the Ember by our girl JLA, Jennifer Armentrout. And we have covered this book in part one because there's so much happening that we figured we needed to break it up into a part two. Otherwise, this will be a three-hour long podcast, which you know we love to talk, so you know we're here for it. And this is the companion series and actually really the prequel to her From Blood and Ash series, which we know is all over TikTok. So if you love Crescent City, if you love Akatar, you're going to From Blood and Ash because that's your next your next hit. You know, you got to find where these you're going to get these hits and this is the next one. So we're recapping A Shadow in the Ember because her next book comes out in a few short weeks. And we want to make sure you guys know what the heck is happening and also that we remember what the heck is happening. So our girl Bridget... It's going to take us through it. But of course, I'm Caitlin. I got Bridget here. We got Hilda here. We're going to go through it. Hi. (laughs) What an intro. I was like, you're here. You're here. We're going to talk about things. I'm glad I'm here. I showed up. As expected. Is it expected though? I mean, I think so. Yeah. We're we're recording out of order. This is like episode 30. I think by now we're like expected. Yeah. I mean, assuming they showed up for the other ones. Yeah, and then we know you guys one. We know you Yeah, yeah. We know you I've got loyal. my martini. Bridget's got her wine. Hilda's got caffeine, caffeine water, water, maybe. <laughs> caffeine water to stay awake. I but swear, we're- at this rate, we're going to get sponsored for caffeine water. <laughs> hey, you know. Look, if any wine down. company wants to sponsor me, you know, I'll be like Moira. <laughs> this wine is terrible. <laughs> get me another go, one. Go, 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 Yep. That'll oh, God. Me. Now that made me want to remember that speech. Herb Vinelingers, whatever it is. (laughs) Such a great show. So good. I miss that show. Yeah. You know, someone at work told me I am David in um, Zoom meetings. Like my facial expressions are David, where he's like, which (laughs) I can't name names here, but you know, and I was like, you know, I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong. This is a, you know, you feel like you're at home, there's no one's here to see your face. So you think, and then you forget you're on a Zoom meeting, and then you're just like, "Oh, so this is like because we're on Zoom." I thought you meant they Zoom. were like from like in person. Oh as no, well. no, no, in Zoom, my reactions to things people are say are very apparent on my face. <clears throat> Which Bridget, I know you know firsthand. That's as about to say. I know like when we were in person meetings, it would be like behind their back. Well, you know, I have manners. I'm not gonna do it to their face. But oh that's God, neither that's here hilarious. nor there because you know who's got manners. Daddy Nikdos. And we got to talk about him. Does he know? All right. Well, yeah. He can treat me that way. I was like, he's very good at um, giving out favors, you know? Well, you know, to, to quote our girl from uh, Clueless, he's a virgin who can't drive. But he can't drive. <laughs> Hold on. In his defense, he doesn't have any bad habits to unlearn. This is true. Except for he has to learn how to love. I mean, that is his red flag. He believes that he will never, ever fall in love and that love is the downfall to his existence. That's the red flag. I mean, that's kind of why she was there. That was her whole end to kill him. I'm going to make him fall in love and then I'm going to kill him. So, yes. Yes. And his parents did die from, you know, being in love with each other. So. What a way to go. There could be worse red flags. There could be. But I mean, you know, it adds some... We've Jazz seen worse red, red flags. Oh, yes. Haunting Adeline, the entire thing is a walking red flag. And we're still like, well, I'm still like, ooh, daddy's aid. I didn't read that one. 
but we can't. Yeah, I don't think it's your jam. No? Listen, what Brit just read it and it was, she was like, I'm going to try this after knowing that I've read all the trigger warnings, but this book is so recommended on TikTok right now, which I'm surprised it's all on TikTok again. Tis the season. Tis the season, truly. That book for me is like, I will always recommend it five out of five stars, five out of five spice, but it is for a specific type of person. It is very dark, very, very trigger warning. And the entire time, parts of this book, I was like, I'm so uncomfortable reading this, but the writing and the plot, I stopped reading it. I was like, God damn it, this book is so freaking good. Well, now I kind of want to read it. But if you read it and you're like, don't judge me for really, really loving I'm not it. Okay. Think less of you. <laughs> didn't, didn't we try to read the first? Like there was a prequel to that. You read the um prequel, which is Satan's Affair, and you were just like, "Yeah, not for me." And I was like, "I understand. It is not for everybody." Hmm. Yeah, that was disturbing, especially like the twist ending. Yeah. Well, really now good I feel book. like I gotta read this. Not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, Britt kind of like she didn't even rate it because she said it was unfair for her to rate it because she knew going in that the tr- based on the trigger warnings and what she's heard about it, the book, it wasn't going to be her cup of tea, but she still tried it, finished it. And then she like wrote this entire review, but without or without ratings. And I was like, I mean, yes, yes. Your thoughts and concerns about the book's book was valid. I see your point, but I personally really liked it. And it was a five out of five. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to add it to the to the list. We're going to squeeze it in. I'm going to squeeze it in and see what happens. See if we make it. But back to the story at hand, because we, you know we like a tangent. I was going to say, I was like, that was a good five minutes on red flags. <laughs> Sorry, that might get cut out based on how long this podcast takes. <laughs> we'll, we'll try our best. Before we get into A Shadow in the Ember, let's do like a two-minuter on where we left off. Okay, so when we last left off, we had Sarah got confronted by her stepbrother and he became king because the actual king had passed away in the middle of the night and he basically trapped her into saying that he will never be her king and then he wanted to basically punish her for treason and he drags her out into the middle of the palace and is whipping her and while he's whipping her, Nikdos, who we now know as Ash, the primal of death, shows up claims her as his and is ready to kill her stepbrother aka the king in the middle of that she says hey stop and he is like how dare you stop this are you really going to forgive him for all the cruelty he's given you and she's like no 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 and she gives it back to him she basically shoves the whip that he was using on her back into his throat kills him and then niktos is like hey it's time to go. I'm not leaving you here because you will get charged for killing the king. It is, we're going to the Shadowlands. So they're on their way to the Shadowlands as we speak. And that was where we left off, I think. All right. Anything else? No, Any I think that things? summed it up pretty well. All right. So we're heading into the Shadowlands. Turns out the lake that she always goes to to spend her free time in, that she ran into Ash during when they had their little spicy moment and also fought the Grim. Is it Grim? Yes, no. What is that word? I think we How know else that you say it. Germs. Germs. There we go. Germs, yes. But we know um, they're germs. We know they're germs. Do they know they're germs? Yeah, they do know they're okay. germs. Because Ash basically gives her a rundown of what they are. And if you they have serpents in their mouths and then he explains how 
they come about and how they are it's people who like make a sacrifice to god and it's like hey i want this and they're like okay great you will i will give you this but in return you are basically mine for like a certain amount of period of time and they also like found out that the people who work in the temples are also germs they're just different types so there's hunters and there's a few other ones if you're interested read the book and then you'll find out <laughs> because right you'll now my brain out. is not telling me exactly which the different types are even though i have it highlighted in my kindle so they're there they're on their way to the shadowlands she wakes up and she realizes um that they're at the lake and he tells her that one of the entry points into elysium elysium, elysium. elysium. okay um is through the lake the lake that is she considers her lake so we were like ah Finally, this makes sense. I feel like they were just destined to be together after all of this time. Um, they go through the lake. She, they go through the path to enter into the Shadowlands. She runs into a draken, which is a not a dragon. A draken, not to be confused. Um, Drakens are basically look like dragons, but they're able to transform into mortal form, which is important to come. And he's basically saying, oh, meet this person or this draken. And she's just mind blown that there is a draken to begin with is it draken or draken i say draken i say draken because it Caitlin? sounds like dragon i think i call it a draken draken i think the audiobook says draken too but draken um, would make sense right it would i don't know well i'm i'll be in the wrong i'll keep it it's okay teach his own um he she ends up meeting this draken draken named nectus and he's Nectus. We know who that boy is. Boy or man, full on ancient man. person, apparently ancient being, um, in his huge dragon form, which he becomes a recurring character. Um, and so she learns a little bit more about them as they're traveling into the Shadowlands. She ends up at his. Are we calling it a palace? His residence. What do we call his residence? It's not a castle. It's palatial. It is a palace. Isn't it made of shadow stone? Yeah, maybe. I think. Okay. He's oh, a god. He's allowed to live in a palace. Okay. So yeah. she like, says it's a palace. God, like the highest, highest god. So it, it yeah. feels like a castle is appropriate. Or palace. I feel like castle, I just, you know, gravitate to the word castle, but we castle, call it a palace. palace. Are they the same thing? Or is like one fancier than the other? Well, a castle is supposed to be like a fortress, um, right? Like a fortress out of like protection. Whereas a palace is like fancier. Okay, so it's like pretty for the sake of being pretty. Castle has a primary function of protection. Yeah, I think that is the correct definition. Okay. And if you're Carry listening on. and that is not actually correct, just go along with us for just the roll sake with of it. it. And um, then so- correct me in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> um, did we determine what Ash's place is? Is it well, I'm gonna go ahead and call it a palace because even though he keeps it very bare, it's very minimalistic. I'm thinking like bachelor pad where it's just like the bare minimum. You walk in, but it's very nice and sleek. So they walk in. She meets a few people and he sends her off to the rooms because he has business to take care of. And that is that. She ends up taking a bath and he comes in and he is like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. And she's like, no, I'm not done. And I just need to wash my hair. And he offers to wash her hair for her. And while this might not seem important, it does because it leads into them having a very cute one-on-one moment. And then as he's drying her off, you know, she gets off. If you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. What You're a good welcome. segue. Why she's getting <laughs> dried off, she's getting off. Well, not everyone can be so lucky. 
After that, he puts the lotion on her back because he did come in to offer. Initially, that was the reason why he came in was to offer to put like the specific lotion on her back because she has open wounds from the whips and he takes real great care of her. Um, then he's like, hey, I have to tell you some stuff. It's time for you to know. And she finds out that the deal that was made between her bloodline and the primal of death wasn't actually him. She finds out that the primal that made the deal was his dad and he is not the first primal of death. When his dad passed away, he took on the position and in doing that, he took on all the duties, including the debt that was made, the bargain. She's pretty shocked because that means that Ash is a lot younger than she originally thought. And so now she's starting to think all these things like, why would your dad need a wife? So, you know, the cogs are turning in the brain. While she's at the palace, she barely sees Ash. Um, She's basically like, what am I supposed to do here? She walks outside out of her door and she realized even though her door's not locked she's still basically in prison because there's a guard outside she's kind of pissed she goes from high like she gets really pissed off really easily i feel like i don't know about you guys oh wait sorry um i finally found it going back going back reverse reverse it is a palace it's known as the house of hades hades don't spell it hades the traditional way it's h-a-i-d-e-s um still say hades uh the wall surrounding it is called the rise where have we heard that before it encompasses both hades and the city of leth up to the black bay oh speaking of the rise now that you mentioned it it reminded me when they were entering through the rise she noticed that there was bodies hanging outside of it like basically pinned to the wall and she is thinking how can this Primal of Death be the same per Ash that I have known in the past couple of weeks. I think she's having a hard time marrying the two, but then she has to remind herself this is still the Primal of Death. So yeah, and but he, he also wasn't responsible for putting those up there. He wasn't, but she led he led her she to thought, believe she was. Yeah, he was. So fast forward back, she's already been there. It's been a night. She wakes up. She has food. Um, she really hasn't seen Ash at all, and. When she goes outside, she encounters his guard and he's like, you just tend to get in trouble. I'm just here for your safety. And she storms back in. Um, And then as she's wandering about, there's a moment where the guard's like, okay, we have a visitor. It's time for you to like go back to your room. And that was in the middle when he was holding court. So he holds court like a normal ruler and has his constituents come and make their grievances and make complaints and stuff like that. Um, Hold and on, during I'm this sorry. court, just because I'm there and I saw names, so he has a lot of members of his court. So there's Rain, um, Ector, and Scion. Ector and Scion are his. I want to say this right man, kind of like maybe they're like his comedic comedic relief. Also, they are can't his really comedic mess. relief. Can't really tell them apart, but they're the ones cracking the jokes. Every um, broody man needs his comedic relief duo. Yeah, there's Theon and Layla. Um, and then Layla, L-A-I-L-A-H. Those are the twins. And then there's... Oh, the twin dragon? No. Are they the dragon? Twins. No. The, the twins twin... that she meets when she gets into the palace. Yeah, the twin gods. And then there's also Ios. Ios? And I want to say that those are all of... There's somebody else. There's also a Rahar. And there's a Bell. Mm-hmm. And there's a Fessa or Fess. 
which is the god of a primal of something who comes to visit him and she gets really jealous over it. Yeah, but I'm talking specifically about his court. There is Belle. Of course, Nectos, no, Nectus is part of the court. Do you mm-hmm. know when I first read this, I was having such a hard time keeping between the two, Nectos and Nectus, and I was like, okay, wait, which one are we talking about now? Why did she have to name them so similar? You know I have a thing with names. You know I have I a thing too. with names, and they're also similar. I, and you know when you're speed reading, you're really only reading the first like two letters, three letters of right. the like, name Neek, and Neck, moving on. Going? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a good response for that. <laughs> I don't know why you would do Nectos and Nectus, but we do get a reaver butt. Reaver butt. Okay, so she he's holding court. This primal of Hilda, if you were able to fact check this, like the name of the court that um, vests, it's V E S S E, belongs to, she shows up and she, um, Ash basically immediately takes her um, into his office and Sarah gets jealous. Like, she hasn't seen her soon-to-be husband at all since he gave her an orgasm and basically put some mended to her back and dipped. She's feeling some type of way, and she's like, okay, great. Well, he's in the office, probably, you know, entertaining her, and I'm just stuck out here lonely and all by myself, and she basically is like books it. She gets out of the palace. She walks into the red woods. She falls upon a hawk that is, I want to say hurt, almost dying and her power, she gets the tinkling and she feels like this is a moment. She brings it back to life as she always does. And before you know it, the grooms show up and start attacking her. And she's like, Oh crap. She turns around. She realizes she's way too far from the palace to flee. So she has to start fighting it. As she starts fighting it, she gets a scratch by one of them. She's able to defeat them, and then suddenly something new pops up out of the ground. I'm you, worth visioning, like, hand just pops straight out of the soil, straight on zombie mode, and you're like, what like, the heck is Billy happening? Billy Butcherson, when the Winifred sisters are back, it's just hand going straight up. Oh, good Hocus Pocus reference. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, okay, carrying on moving she's fighting 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 she's really wondering like what have i gotten myself into and ash is going to be so pissed and what do you know ash shows up and starts fighting he's like don't even say anything he straight on was like giving like you're in trouble vibes don't talk to me don't say a word or else you're gonna get punished and she's like what the heck did i do like um i'm taking this care of this by myself and he's like not another word so he gets rid of she also get injured by the things. Yeah, so she, she gets, gets scratched. She gets scratched, and then suddenly the uh, the Grims are defeated, and these other things pop up in the middle of the soil. And so she's fighting something that she assumes is still the Grims, like a version of them, but it's not. And he basically, after he saves her, he tells her, like, oh, those are gods that have been entombed into the soil, and they're bounded by blood of other gods, and that is their payment because, like, what they did was so terrible, and death is, like, not the best option or something like that he storms off he leaves her in the care of one of his guards i don't remember his name right now but he's like please don't cause a scene or make any more drama i just want to return you back to the palace and move on with my life as they're walking away she's like oh hold up something doesn't feel right it's starting to get a little my drama tingles are going off what can i do yeah and she he's like wait tell me what's wrong why are you acting weird? 
oh, what is that? Why are you bleeding? Where's the scratch from? And she's like, oh, it's just a tree bark. And he's like, don't lie to me. And he sniffs her and then that's it. She just blacks out, wakes up in her bed naked and come to find out that the scratch that she got from the groom was fatal. And if she had told Ash at the time that, hey, I got hurt, he would have been able to save her. Instead, he had to find this very rare antidote to save her life. She's been asleep for basically two days. Um, she wakes up and there's a strange man in her bed or in beside her bed with his in her feet bed. up on the bed. Ooh, story's beside taking a twist. Bed. Yeah, beside the bed. You know, you never know with books like these. Mm-hmm. Um, beside her bed and she's like, I immediately, she's like, I'm naked. There's a strange man in my room. I don't know who he is. And then she's looking and he's like, oh, I wouldn't move if I were you. We've met before. She comes to realize that it is the Draken that she met earlier when she first got into the Shadowlands, and it is Nectus. Um, we come to find out that Nectus and Nyctos is very close in the future. Or well, we find that out in the future. But they've been together since his beginning of time because he was actually friends with her his parents. Um, Ash shows up and they start talking, and she is basically like going off at him and explaining to him like i felt lonely you have you're supposed to be my husband and then he realized she's been jealous this entire time about the fact that he brought this primal into his office and was basically giving her the attention and she got no attention and he's like oh my god you are jealous um in their conversation she lets it slip that she's always been lonely and she's always been like pushed aside and stuff like that so Throughout all their conversations, he's kind of getting a hint of who she is and what life she's been dealing with as the chosen one and as the maiden for him. When he thought, oh, if I just ignore her and deny her, she'll live a better life, which was not the case. As they're on the bed talking, he she doubts how much he wants her. And he's like, I will rectify this situation immediately. And he gives her service her again. Lucky is her. He- <clears throat> no. Once again. He knows what he's doing. He's not like, he's not like a no clue Nelly. He knows exactly. No, no, what no. He's no. Doing. I think he is, but I think he he's the type of person that learns from experience, and he's had two experiences so far with her and what she likes. So he's like, I'm gonna show you, and they're having their moment on the bed, and she wants to do more, and he's like, No, if you move because she's still recovering from her illness or her t- attack, I don't even know what you want to call it at this point. He's like, if you move, that's it. It's done. Like you're, I'm, I'm leaving. And so she doesn't move, and she gets an orgasm. Woohoo! Lucky her, lucky her. Um, they have their moment. I want to say they slept in the bed at the same time. Yes. So they did because he's basically giving her the time of her life, and he's like, hey, I gotta go to clean up. And she's like, what do you mean clean up? And she looks down at his breeches and notices that. There's a wet spot there. And she, he's like, I told you I was really enjoying myself. He goes, cleans up, comes back into the room, and they basically lay down in bed. And she confesses to him that she's never laid with anybody before. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought you have. And she goes, oh, no, no, no. Like, I'm not a virgin. Like, I have had sex with other people. I've just never had this close companionship with someone else where I've cuddled with them slept in the same bed together and he goes neither have i so they sleep together in the same bed she wakes up he's gone she is outside um talking to some of the other guys that are wandering around and they're talking about her coronation and they basically tell her like hey 
just be prepared and don't show fear because a lot of people are really wondering why it is that Ash, which we know Homesnictus, took a mortal consort and a lot of people are intrigued. She goes, she has her fitting where she meets a seamstress. The seamstress turns out to be someone who was chosen from the mortal land and was sent to the court of life um, for Colas. And as she's talking to her, she realizes that being chosen and being ascended is not the best idea. Because as she had asked the seamstress, the seamstress like immediately froze up. You can see the fear in her eye. And she leaves without really explaining, but she gets her order in for the clothes. Nictus comes in, or Nictos comes in and it's the first time he's seeing her since spending the night in bed with her cuddling. And you can tell there's this very heated moment, but she decides to take that moment to ask about the ritual or the rite of passage and being chosen and being ascended. And he confesses to her, like what you assume as immortal is not actually what happens when someone is chosen and they get taken into with the God, they aren't being ascended. They are basically at the, basically slaves from what it sounds like to the god and survive and it's like they're at the whim of the god so it's like if they want to use you to just like fuck around and find out they will if they want to use you to just like drink all your blood sure that's what you're there for if they want to use you to like make your bed every day that's also what you're there for and so she's outraged and immediately she's like this is something we need to handle immediately like this is unacceptable and Ash, like, she mentions that she shows, she notices, like, there's pride in his eyes by her reaction and he immediately shuts it back down and is like, what do you suppose we do? Like, what do you expect us to do for this? And she's like, well, maybe tell the mortals that, you know, this is not actually happening. And you think, and so he's basically like, well, I, he's like, how do I tell someone your religion you guys have done for years and years? actually is not what you think it is like it's going to crush them we can't just tell them that and he understands where she's coming from and she i guess is starting to understand where he's coming from but she's realizing that everything that she knows as immortal is not accurate so everything about being ascended is not accurate the rituals are not accurate the rite of passage is not accurate and we soon find out that her the original bargain between her bloodline and the primal of death is not accurate as well right so so i just want to touch on a couple things there to foreshadow into from blood and ash because i have some questions the ascension as they mentioned it here is completely different than the ascension as they talk about it in from blood and ash right yes Mm -hmm. the ascension from blood and ash is basically turning you into a vampire if you survive a vampire correct vampire yes and in this one i'm just speaking you as like a my slave the way that i kind of rationalize it is whatever is happening in a shadow in the ember is like the original religion and then somewhere along the way things get corrupted um and that's how you ended up with these other like rituals like the ascension of the vampires because the ascension was always supposed to be like not a thing that's supposed to happen so i think there's two different forms of ascension in this book specifically so there's what was supposed to be the original ascension from a mortal being chosen and then brought into asylum asylum no not asylum (laughs) (laughs) because she does ask 
someone, I forget specifically who in this book, and they don't get around to the answer because they get distracted. But it seems that the mortals ascend into something when they are chosen, which is no longer the case that she finds out. But then there's also a god being ascended into a primal or having the powers to take on the position of a primal, which we kind of talk about later in the book. So to me, I would be interested in figuring out what the difference between those two are now that we know that there is the people in From Blood and Ash that have basically adopted the concept of Ascended to make their vampires. Great explanation. Thanks, guys. I'm a little fuzzy Hopefully that makes sense. And it might be the martini, but if I'm fuzzy, maybe our listeners are fuzzy. So let's do a little recap. Um, So just... It only took me like 10 minutes. So it was Vessie's was the guest and she was the primal of rights and prosperity. <laughs> and apparently she's really good looking. So Sarah was extremely jealous. Um, these are yeah. the little moments where like she acts like a normal human being that, that she's actually interested in Ash and not just trying to seduce him to complete her mission. Sarah is obviously very distraught over this news that she's found out because while he's talking about all of this information, she's like, well, the primal of life can't be about this. He can't support this at all. Like we need to go talk to him. Um, He's going to stop this. And Ash is like, you really think that like you think the primal of life cares about these people. And so there's just so much information for her to digest Um, later that night. She's still reeling over the information. She goes out into her balcony and she turns around um, and she realizes that Ash is in the day bed, like laying down. And he was also like having his moment outside and they end up talking, they get together and, you know, she gives him back what he's been giving to her. He basically, she basically returns a favor. There you go. I could not figure out in my head. It was not coming to my mouth, but she returns a favor. They sleep together on um, the day bed. And in the morning, she cracks her eye open and she realizes that she's really snuggled up against him. And there's a baby dragon in her day bed as well. And she looks across. She finds Nectis basically sitting on the railing of the balcony. Nectis basically tells her, I will call you my own because you are apparently really important to Ash and you bring him peace. Heartwarming moment. Then she immediately gets the guilt because she knows that she's going to kill Ash in the end. And he probably won't be thinking about that in the future. Uh, After that morning, Ash goes to work, basically. Whatever gods and primals do during half the day. She takes a walk with Ector. Um, As they're walking through the courtyard, Gemma, who apparently I forgot to bring about, while they were having court a couple of days ago, one of the constituents came up. He owns a bakery and he says, hey, um, this girl named Gemma, who we all have come to know, she used to come every single day at the same time. And I haven't seen her. And I just wanted to report that she is missing. And turns out Gemma is super important because she is one of the chosen that Ash has rescued from being the chosen and brought her into the Shadowland. So it turns out, Ash has been doing this with his gods and his guards and bringing people into the Shadowlands and basically rescuing them. So while they're walking, there's a commotion and Gemma gets brought in. She is barely alive. They bring her into the room and she immediately dies. Sarah is not supposed to be there at all. Sarah is supposed to return to her rooms 
and being Sarah being Sarah, she was nosy and was like, I want to see what's going on. Let's go. And she brings her two little Drakens that she was babysitting at the time in there. And she can feel her power rising. And she knows immediately that death is upon her and Gemma is dead. And she starts glowing. Her power is manifesting and she brings Gemma back to life. And the Drakens that are in the room, they're like freaking out. It's kind of like when there's a tsunami, the animals kind of like, are the first ones to notify yeah. everyone that there is uh, something about to happen. The Draken were basically doing that. The little kids were like freaking out. When I say little kids, I'm talking about Reaver and Jadis. Um, she dragons. uses her powers and brings Gemma back to life, which is something that she did to her stepsister's lover, Marisol. She brings her back to life. And Ash walks in. Everyone feels the power. And they're like, oh my God, what's happening? Ash barges into the room. And he suddenly realizes this is why the hunters have been showing up. And they're always show up after she uses their power because they've been looking for this force. And he told her that he has felt the power throughout the years, but it's never been as strong as it was now. And he realized that when his dad made the bargain, that's what he was doing. He took an ember of his life, an uh, ember of life from him and the ember of life from Ash and put it into her bloodline. So when the first female of the bloodline was born, it would manifest into the person. All strange things Hence are happening. the title name, A Shadow in the Ember. In the Ember. Mind so An Ember in the Shadow? No, Shadow in the Ember. A Shadow, shadow in the Ember. Time. It's like, wait, a Shadow in the Ember. And so because the power has manifested, Ash knows that they're going to come under attack. So Yes. But she also finds out during his explanation that his dad, Ethos, it's E-Y-T-H-O-S. Are we calling Ethos? Or Ethos. Ethos. Ethos and Colist. Colist, as we know, is the primal of life, was actually the primal of death. And when he him and his brother Athos are twins and so Athos was originally the primal of life life colas was the primal of death and he fell in love with the mortal and her name was sataria and when he went to go confront her she passed she got frightened and fell off a cliff and when her soul was sent into the shadowlands he um wanted to bring her back to life so he went through this entire thing and basically swapped the two of them their powers so yeah, he became Athos the primal of life athos wouldn't yeah. bring her back to life because you're not supposed to do that nilly right. willy nilly willy um and colas was pissed so he took over his powers and position as primal of life which means that athos became the primal of death and that's kind of like what started this entire rot situation because him holding that position even though he's not supposed to be in it is causing backlash throughout the entire realms a lot to digest here because now yeah, you're it like, doesn't have to do with Sarah killing. Um, yes, it has to do with there's imbalance because the wrong primal has the wrong power. Yeah. So as she's fi finding out about the story, she realizes that another primal named Kila and Ethos decided to hide away Satoria's soul by making her rebirth. 
into a new person every couple of years when she passes away. So that way Colas can never get to her because Colas is basically doing all of this because he thinks he's in love with this girl and that this is his end game. And so all of this literally comes from him being in love, which is insane. But that's why the rot is happening on the mortal realm. The entire time she thought the rot was happening because she was born and it was signal signaling the end to her bargain, which kind of was the case, but not the case because it's been happening the entire time, but the bargain basically made, it seemed like the elements were fine. So that's why it seems like it's accelerating when it was basically just a mask. Um, so Sarah is trying to process all this information in the middle of it. Someone else, one of the other gods kind of realized that something's happening and he's like, Sarah, what's wrong? Cause he could feel her emotions. And she's like, so I never had to kill you after all this time. And it basically unravels and it comes out that her family told her that the only way to end the bargain and save her people were if she made the God fall in love with her, the primal fall in love with her. And she stabs him in the heart. So that way she would be, they would be out of the bargain and it would stop the rot, which was obviously not the case because now we know the true story. And Ash immediately, she starts calling him Nictus, Nictos at this time because she knows the Natch, the Ash that she, look at me calling him Nash like I'm reading Kings of Quarantine. Ash immediately, he's pissed and he is like, no, this can't be. You would never. And he suddenly realizes that it's the truth. Yeah. And this entire time she's been playing him. Exactly. And has been trying to kill him. Um, Talk about a moment. I was like, no, because I really love them together. And you know, they like each other and they love each other. It's just the other. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand the whole, oh, you don't like me. You've just been trying to kill me. Right. And so he immediately switches the flip and, or no, flips the switch. And he's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> he basically goes from Ash to Nictus, Nictos. I literally, as I told you earlier, I kept getting the two of them confused when I was reading. And now I can't stop saying the two of them as the same name. Um, Nictos is basically really harsh towards her and is, you know, still considerate about her, but is very like, oh, I know the truth. You're just trying to kill me. And he, I mean, how do you expect him to act? He just found that the girl that he's been jonesing for has been wanting to kill him. Yeah. But they have to put their feelings on hold because they're under attack. They are under attack. Immediately as all this is happening, they get word that someone is attacking the Shadowlands. Um, So they take off and everyone's like, what are we supposed to do with Sarah? She's basically trying to kill you, but we can't kill her because she's obviously important to the bargain. And they're still trying to figure out why their, his dad Etos made this bargain. Cause it's obviously important in you know, surviving Colas. And so he's like, she's coming with us. Cause do you want to babysit? And they're all like, no, we don't want to babysit cause she's troublesome. So he takes her with him and they end up on, I don't, is it the rise? The rise. We're going to call it the rise. And it's, there's a bay and there's these creatures coming out. And um, basically it was a battle scene. It was great because we finally got to see some badass power that um, Nikos has. And we also run into Belle again, which is one of the gods that she met earlier when they were talking about her coronation. Um, she actually saves him at one point because she fires an arrow while she's on the rise down and below and kills one of the things 
Um, the battle was over. There's obviously casualties. They sent her back into the palace and she's been made to sit there and wait because no one can figure out if she should be going down into the dungeons or if she should return to her rooms. When Niktas comes back or Niktos comes back, he's with Niktas and they're talking, but Niktos is like, um, he walks up to her and she immediately starts freezing and he bends down and grabs her leg and she's, her heart is racing and she thinks there's about to be a moment. I don't know if she actually thinks, but she's like, what's going on here? He grabs her blade and takes it back to him. Cause he's like, you actually think I would let you hold on to this knife after I know that you're trying to kill me. He takes off to the room and well, she's she, also not healing. Right. So he's enough. not healing at that time. And he takes off to the room. But before that, she um, is basically like, I care about you. I care about your people. And he's like, Oh, sure. Whatever. And he takes off. And then she basically goes through the same spiel and tells them all, like, I care about him. I care about you guys. What part do you not understand? Don't just because, like, I, like, you have to understand my circumstances. Like, I was trying to save my people and my kingdom, and you would do the same. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. And so, they did give her credit because they did see her shooting those arrows. And they were like, yeah. Okay, I see you. They were like, homegirl has some skills. She does. She's well trained. She did try to protect um, us. And she was a badass with a bow and arrow. Yeah, it was bittersweet because we were like, okay, she's showing off her skills. She's a badass. Like, I would love to be her friend, but also she's a badass because she was meant to kill Nitos. So. Yeah, she's a badass for the wrong reasons, but she's like using her evil powers for good. You know what I mean? And she is saving people left and right and saving the other gods that she has come to like known in the past couple of days and she kind of semi considers them as friends um so, so anyways so Nictus, talks, Nictus is not she talks to Nectus. yeah she talks to Nectus, and Nectus is like uh you can go help him and she's like how and he's like well you know you can let him drink from you right so she goes up in the room and she walks in, to her room she walks through their jo- joint doors and he's like get out of the hair. What are you doing here? I told you I don't want to see you. And there she's like, well, you need to feed. You might as well feed for me. And he says, if I feed for you, I'm going to fuck you. And she's like, I don't see a problem with that. Don't tempt me with a good time. So this is where Ash gets the title that I have given him King of Virgins. Because as a virgin, he knew what he was doing, and let's say everybody was winning in this scenario. He gets her blood, he gets her, she gets him, she gets her orgasms. And, of course, so after their moment... Um, fantasy she's series. Like, Definitely fantasy series. <laughs> so, they have their moment, and they're laying in bed, and she's getting up. They have... I forget exactly what's said, but they have like a little falling out. She's like, you know, fuck you, and he basically gets really aggressive with her and takes her again. And then you're like, okay, so Ash has a really aggressive Dom side. Not mad about it. Um, and then he makes her <laughs> sleep in the bed again. <laughs> and the next morning he is gone, but he leaves out the rope I believe for we her call that he's... hate sex. I believe that's what we call it. Listen, he earned his place in my white shoes for a reason. And again, not mad about it at all. Mm-hmm. He might also make it on mine, depending on he acts how he acts on the next one. I don't know. Book. Mine's a tough crowd. We'll see. <laughs> Caitlin, you're still the girl that has the well balanced RH. So like I get you not wanting to mess up your balance. It's like a fine wine. 
it's gonna tip the scales in a, in a weird direction. Not a weird direction. Yeah, mine is all direction. just morally gray, and we're just tipping like the Titanic here. Everyone's gray <laughs> and moody. <laughs> you don't know where to go. It's a it's a bad time, but also a really good time. It's a good time. So she gets into her robe. She goes into her room. I don't even know why she didn't check her that her bedroom door was unlocked. She hops into the tub. She's relaxing and she hears a noise. She opens up her eyes and there's someone there trying to kill her. She gets attacked. She gets into a fumble. It's the they're, baker. Yep. They're battling out. She realizes, why have I seen this man before? It was the baker that reported Gemma. So just a little recap. Gemma came in. She died. She was brought back to life. Now the baker is here in her bathroom trying to kill her. And she's like, what the fuck? She doesn't have her knife because Ash took it from her the night before because he was like, I don't want you to have this because you're going to kill me, even though he knew he, she wouldn't because um, she hadn't done it at all. And so she's fighting for her life. And then Ash appears in his smoke in whatever pizzazz way and basically is like, oh my God, I'm going to save you. We find out the baker's not actually dead because she did like stab him or something. And as he's about to interrogate the baker, I think it's Ector or Sion. It is Ector. No, it's Ector. Ector kills him immediately with like a thunder strike or something. And then that for me, I'm bringing this up because I thought that was suspicious. Suspicious, so, right? I why did too. would you kill him if he's still alive when we can interrogate him? Yeah, he was like, oops, didn't mean to. My bad. So... I always thought that that was suspicious too, because if you, if you've read the From Blood and Ash series, you know who like the new gods are, and everyone that is in Nikdos's current court has become the new gods by the time we get to that series, except for Ector. His name is never mentioned. Did you search as one of the gods? So, I always thought it was weird. So I, am I never know that he that. is a traitor. So the huh. way it went down. He either, it, he either dies or he betrays. I think he ends up being a traitor. He's got to betray because if he died in good terms, I feel like his story would live on. There'd be, yeah. you know. Well, because he's so close to the Poppy and Cock Sarah timeline that or like storyline that I feel like it would be mentioned somewhere. Like Maybe. I, hmm, what was I going to say? I was going to say something and I forgot Actors what it was. There's a traitor? No. Not that he's a traitor. That guy way too quickly, so he wouldn't sing like a canary. Yeah, I had that feeling. Um. Anyways, those are. And oh, it makes me sad that one of the funny people would be a traitor. I feel like that doesn't. I also have the same feeling. I'm like, come on, man. But that's also why there's two. Because what is a fake funny person? They always come as a pair. They always come as a pair. They do. Camille just have one funny friend. So. Anyways, those are my thoughts. He's either going to die. He's a traitor. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But just so we're going to flag that as something to take notice for for the next book. Um, so as they, she's in the bedroom, her like part of the chambers, she starts getting her headache and they're all talking about it. And then they're like, what's wrong? She's like, no, I just had this headache. My gums have bled before. And they start asking her this series of questions. And Ash is like, it couldn't be. It can't be. And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, we'll just get you some medicine. And so the other gods, I think Ector goes off and gets a tea and brings it back. She sniffs it and she immediately realizes that it's a tea that she's had before. And the person who gave it to her was Sir Holland, 
her guard slash trainer from earlier in the book. And they're like, no, there's no way you could have had this tea before because this is not something mortals know about. Know about. And she's like, no, 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 I have. And she gulps it down immediately and tells them like how she's supposed to take it. And they're a little shocked and trying to figure out what's happening. So it turns out that this tea is given to gods who are going through the Cullen, which is their coming of right passage, basically, that they're becoming adults and coming into their full powers. So now we're kind of like, wait, why is she going taking medicine that is for gods that are going through the Cullen? And then we recently found out she has the life of Ember. I'm sorry. What? The Cullen. You keep saying it like the Cullen. Like, I know it's Twilight. Twilight thing. <laughs> As I said it, I was like, I'm just gonna keep going with it. Cullens, culling, culling, culling. You know, if they sparkle too, so what? <laughs> she sparkles and she drinks that tea. She does. Something sparkles. After she has the tea, her and Nikos have a heart to heart, a heart to soul crushing heart, and he tells her how it's gonna be because even though they had sex last night. She thinks things are getting back on track. And he's like, he has mm-hmm. basically removed all the emotion from it. Mm-hmm. He says that she will remain the consort and they will continue on with their plan. And it's funny because she was never going to succeed in her mission because he would never fall in love with her. Stab to the heart. It was, it wasn't completely heartbreaking. Again, I've lived through the trauma of Zodiac Academy. But it still was like, no, I want you guys to love each other. I mean, I'm sure you will. But I just, I felt so sad. You know, I just felt like, damn, you really had to go that far. You just lost your virginity to her. Like, less than 12 hours ago. That's why he went that far. Because, first of all, he's full of shit. And he does love her. But also, he was really hurt by it. So that's why he's just lashing out. It's fine. It's going to get oh, fixed. Well, we know. But still, just because I know he's lashing out doesn't mean I want to read about it. Like, I would just prefer everyone to be mature adults here. But, of course, they're not. Um, So she's resting. As she's resting, Aos and Belle come to see her. And they're like, hey, let's go see Gemma because this is not all adding up. We need to find out what Gemma told her. They go to meet Gemma. Gemma's like, I'm sorry. I told him because... Like, you brought me back to life, and I know you did, and it wasn't, like, people were assuming that maybe she didn't know that she was brought back to life, and that she was just healed, but she said, no, I saw the veil, I knew I had died, and then suddenly I was brought back to life, and I told the baker, because as it turns out, when she was in the court of life, that Colis was looking for this I think as someone tell me how this pronounced it's G-R-A-E-C-A. Greca? The Gracie. The Gracie. I have no recollection of how I said this. I think I was like, grrr, moving on. Isn't this the same thing that's in from Blood and Ash? Maybe. Anyhow, as you're looking it up, it means life and love. And so basically this entire time they thought it was an object. Turns out it's been a person and Gemma tells her the chosen were being turned into revenants, his reborn. Um, all that was needed was his Greca to perfect those revenants into whatever machines he needed, like what he was looking for. So it turns out this entire time it was, we're assuming it's 
um not penelope sarah wow taking it back to blood and ash um so she finds out this information bella's there they're like okay we got to go tell nikdos because this is very important information as to why the grims have been hunting her hunting this power because they just assumed it was in a object or like just some random power not an actual person and um colis doesn't know that it's a person yet they're all just hunting for this power they don't know where it's coming from what it is or who it is so as they're heading out into the palace to go find nectos nectos because he's been dealing with a whole bunch of the gods that were um what are they called there's something specific what they call these gods that have been entombed Eh. Yeah, Anyhow, the gods that were entombed. The, they're the gods that are entombed with the special They're bone. wandering around. Yeah. It's in the top of my head. Like they're the wandering around the Shadowlands. Basically. Yeah. Because they've been released. And so he's going to take care of that. And as they're heading through the palace, they get jumped by the three gods that we were introduced at the beginning of the book that were hunting in the mortal realms and killing the humans. So the person's name is Cressa. There's one called Tariq. And apparently I didn't write down the name for the third person, so they must be kind of irrelevant. So Cressa shows up at Nito's. It's a surprise attack. Um, she kills Belle while she's there and drags Sarah into basically the throne room Not as it Belle. is. I know. It's so hard. And... Aos is there as well, and she's literally crying over the fact that Belle has passed away. They have Tariq come in and go through all of her memories, and he realizes what Sarah is and how she's important to Colas. As she's being, I guess, mind-wiped or mind-invaded, Niktas shows up, or Niktos shows up, and Niktas is there as well, and he's like, how dare you touch what is mine? Kills all of them and gives Sarah back her dagger. And now we know shit's start about to happening. And he finds out from her what's really going on and how she's playing a part in what Colas is looking for. But before that, she turns around and she sees that Bella is still dead. And she asks the friends that are there, because they're all surrounding Belle because Belle is one of the one of the main group. And she tells um, Nikto's like, at least I want to try. Like you, he's telling her you that only works on mortals. There's no way you can like heal a god. So she tries to heal Belle, and she turns Belle from a god, brings her back to life, and she basically ascends her into the next level of gods. So now Belle has the power to be able to rival the god, the primal of wars, or something like that. Which is a huge deal. Everybody felt the power. And now the friend group is kind of scared of her, but also very impressed. And they don't really know what to think. Um, they decide to summon the fates. What else is there to do? They need to find out. They have a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, Nitos cleans her up while they wait. And they take a little snooze on the nap or on a like couch. Take a nap. And Breaver Bite comes to wake them up. And is like, hey, the fates are here. Like you're being summoned. You're asked for when they go to encounter the fates, they meet Penelope. Is it Penelope? Penelope, what's her name? Penelope. Penelope. Um, which is important because it turns out to be Poppy's real name. So Poppy was named after her. And she takes her into the room and guess who the fate 
one of the face were none other than our homeboy, Sir Holland. So we were kind of suspecting Sir Holland was maybe more than what he seemed, especially right. after we found out he was the one to give her the tea. The tea. He was part of the fates all along, and he went to the mortal realm to basically take care of her, watch after her, and train her, and he couldn't exactly intervene throughout the time, just guide her. And that's yeah, and similar so- to from Blood and Ash, right? Because you had um, Poppy's... Well, they're called Victors. Victor. His name was Victor, right? Yeah. Yeah, his name was Victor. Yeah. When the fates send someone to, like, protect you and stuff, they're called Victors. Um, And then in From Blood and Ash, we have Victor, who we think is a Victor, and he is a Victor. Yes. Because that's what Tawny reveals to us. Victor's a Victor. So things are starting to come together now. So she finds out Sir Holland has been a fate all along. Um, he tells he's her not a fate. that he works for the fates. No, he is a fate. He isn't a fate. He works for them. He's a victor. No, he's not a victor. He's an actual fate. The other people were victors. The other people that were dying at the beginning of the book were victors. As the third person, this trio and a tiebreaker, I cannot confirm nor deny because my phone died. So I can't go well, look it up right now. Hilda's about to fact check us as we're waiting for the fact check. We find out that ethos, 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 you know, ethos. I really need to listen to audio again to figure out what freak this name is. He took the ember of life from Niktos. Niktos. Good Lord. Even in my autocorrect, it says Nictus, even though I probably typed Nictus, um, took the Ember of Life from the both of them and put it into Sarah's lifeline. And Penelope had the vision um, with the prophecy in it. I will pull up the prophecy since you are fact-checking another part. Good Lord, it's long. I don't think you have to read the whole thing. No, it's a really long prophecy, and at the end it says, And so it will begin with the last chosen blood spilt. The great conspirator, birthed from the flesh and fire of the primals, will awaken the harbinger and the bringer of death and destruction to the lands gifted by the gods. Beware for the end will come from the west to destroy the east and lay waste all which lies between. Which is part of the prophecy that we kept hearing in the Firm Blood and Ash series. Did you find it yet, Hilda? Um, I'm kind of there. Because they go into the explanation about the victors. If the Kazan siblings were victors, did they know their duty? What about Andrea or the ones whose names I did not know? What about the babe? What if that was what Sir Holland was? My breath snagged in my chest. Could he be a victor? Right. But that is before she actually meets Sir Holland in the room so before it's confirmed she was assuming he was a victor a victor someone who is of mortal form that comes from a spirit or a soul that has been rebirthed through that process to be a victor to protect them and then when they die they go back to the process and get rebirthed into a new person to protect whoever else but sir holland was actually one of the fates that don't report to the primal but work within it and he decided to go out of his way and pose as her guard slash trainer got it okay i thought that's what i she could was. be wrong 
I could be freaking wrong. If you have recently read the book, please confirm with me left and right as Hilda looks this up. No, you're right. You're right. Because she says, um, she looks at Nikdos. This is when they're with Penelope. You summoned the Aere. I did, but I am not the Aere. You'll understand why I've come. One of the Aere waits inside for you, for both of you. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Aere is faith. Yes, according to the, the wiki, he yes. is an Aere. While they are there, they find out about the prophecy, and there's another little caveat. So, our girl Sarah is destined to die by the time she turns 21. Guess what her age is? It's 20. And guess who has a birthday coming up very soon? It's Sarah. Um, He shows her her lifelines and majority of them sizzle out by the time she turns 21. There's one that shows a little, little connection. And it has to do with the fact that she is already in the culling. And while she was having spicy, spicy time with Nitos, she sucked some of his blood from his finger and that has basically put her pushed her through the rest of the calling and now she has to survive it and the only way she's going to survive it if it's the person that she loves is there to support her it doesn't really specify how he's involved in it but it says that only love can save her and we realize that the person that they're talking about is Nitos, aka ash and that also she's a mortal that will be born to be the primal. A lot of things were happening in this last couple of chapters. JL likes to drop a lot in the last couple of chapters. And it kind of leaves your mind reeling. Cause you're like, what am I? I'm trying to absorb it all, but it's also the last things you read. So you're trying to you're, like you're grasping for more, but you're not getting more because it's the end of the book. It was a lot. It was a lot. And it was a lot to like, conceptualize in my brain. So I'm like, okay. I feel like I needed to talk this out with someone. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me this is this, that's that. You're actually a god who's going through the calling, but you may die, but you may not die. Well, she's a mortal going through the calling and she is, there's like a 99% chance she will die. And the 1% chance that she survives is based on the fact that Nikdos, who says he will never freaking love anybody because his parents have died at the cost of loving each other is the key to her survival and her key to the key to her survival is the key to saving the entire realm and all of the realms, including God, mortal and beyond because her, she is the key to taking out Colas at some point. Yeah. So he's going to need to get fucking over himself and love her. But then you have the firm blood and ash where Colas is actually coming back and well, that's what I said. They Jesus must Christ. have, they must have some type of big battle. Obviously, they take Colas out, but they don't entirely defeat him. Hence, why we end up with the plot lines in from Blood and Ash. Oh, and it was one hundred percent confirmed that Sarah is actually the reincarnation of Sotaria or Sotaria. How are you say her name? Sotoria. Sotoria. So. She was like, wait, what? That can't be. And so it's a little weird that Colas loves Satoria. Satoria is Sarah. Sarah is destined to be bounded and love Ash, who is the nephew of Colas. Wow. Just wow. Um, One thing I did highlight and I thought was super important because I think it plays really well into From Blood and Ash. 
Sarah says, if I had a child or if any descendant of mine had been harmed, I would burn through both realms just so I could flay the skin from the body of the one who'd hurt them. And so you don't really think about it when you're reading this book, but if you read the last series or the last book in the series of From Blood and Ash, we were all trying to figure out like who the primal of life was. And basically she's coming back to you know, kill everyone because her her babies were harmed. I, feel I love like. that big mama energy. I love it. Yeah. She's like, I will rise Definitely up was giving it. from the dead. <laughs> you guys all piss me off and I'm coming back to, you know, defend my babies. It's big mama love energy. Um, I love it. Okay. I guess that's all she wrote. And if I missed anything, I apologize in advance. No, I think you did a great job recapping yeah. it. You know, much like SJM, JLA likes these three-letter acronyms. But <laughs> much like that, they like to drop a lot in the last fourth of the book. And it made it – you know, this book kind of tied in some plot points from the From Blood and Ash series. It made things that were a little murky in that series make more sense without having all the complete answers. It's not like, oh, if you don't read this book, you won't understand what's happening from Blood and Ash. They're standalone books, but they tie into each other nicely, which I think is is fun to read as a continuation of the series. Any other okay, thoughts? Yeah. She's <laughs> a gift that keeps on giving. I know a lot of people were really pissed when they read this book because they were like, it's basically a copy and paste of the first from Blood and Ash book. But the whole purpose was to tie in the similarities between mm-hmm. Tara, Poppy, and also Ash because he is granddaddy God. And they really like they really left who the consort is very murky in the From Blood and Ash series. So she's only referred to as the consort. There's no pictures of her. So you really don't have any idea or concept of who this person is until you're starting to read this book and you're like, oh, it's Sarah. And she's shockingly like uh, Poppy, which is why when Poppy meets Nikdos later in life, when they go to raise that him up. That was such a cute moment. It was so cute. He's like, you're just like her. And she's like, like who? But now we and know And he's like, oh, she'd be so excited to know you're exactly like her. Which is so sweet. It's cute. It was cute. It is. It's real cute. I'm excited to see where the next book leads us because I want to know. And we know that like from, from Blood and Ash, as you said, that it the consort is basically hidden and we've kind of suspected that maybe the consort might be more powerful than everybody thinks and mm-hmm. could be possibly the true primal of life. And now we're thinking it's possibly Sarah. So I'm excited to see how that unravels. And I wonder if there's like another hidden shadow in the ember bloodline thing with Poppy is what's happening could be and also keep in mind poppy shares the powers of both of these people she shares the powers of ash and of sarah like she can bring people back to life and heal them and she also feels their emotion which is something that ash feels yep so more to come super excited to see where it takes us and i think we're we're eager to see where we go we're eager to see i like sarah i think i like her better than poppy I would 100% like her better than Poppy. Poppy comes off as very immature and whiny and unpredictable with her decisions. She's very like, do this, boom. And very impulsive. There we go. After um, book four, I definitely like Sarah more than Poppy. Yes. Yeah. Book four was like, I really hope book five for that series kind of redeems her. But between 
Poppy and Cass. I understand why a lot of people said they were DNFing the series. Mm. I I get it, but I got to see it through. Like, I got to see this. I do too. You know, I have FOMO. I got major FOMO. There's no way I'm not going to finish the series. It had me by the throat, this original series. Like, you can't just break up with that right away, you know? Like, I I still like for you. I know I read Sarah J. Mass first, and this is the second one, but I still consider both of them my first loves, and you know it's very hard to get over the first love. Like, no oh, no. Why, SJM is my first love. It. A Court of Thrones and Roses. All time. First love. This is like uh, like silver medal. Like SJM gold medal. He's still like silver. Maybe bronze. Bronze? bronze. Really? What? Yeah. I don't want to make those types of... I think maybe they're bronze. Assertions. I think the, maybe you're, you're saying the first book itself was bronze. I'm like saying the first this book series. that had us in a chokehold. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I, got, I probably Hawk? have to do a reread. I don't know. Hawk, Hawk did have. On. Yeah, maybe it's silver. Maybe it's silver metal worthy. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand if you're looking at the last book and then that just drops. I think it drops, but but you know, it's okay. So it's part of the original like three. Like I know the big three. I've read the big three. Which is SJM. a great question. Oh, go ahead. SJM. I would say SJM, this book, this not the A site, but from Blood and Ash. And then of course Zodiac Academy. That yeah. is our big three. That's mm-hmm. our holy trinity in the book talk world, if you will. Truly, because we reference it almost every single book. Every single or time. every single podcast. I feel like we haven't said SJM in a while though. It's like a drinking at this point. A sham, a sham, a sham. Now you're wasted. Boom. But let us know who are your holy trinity book authors. We want to know, are they the same? Are they different? Do you rank them order? Who's your silver? Who's your gold? Who's your bronze? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't know. But you can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok and let us know where you stand on both of those. And of course, this is our shameless plug where we say, if you like what you've heard, you love hearing what we have to discuss about these books, what we love and don't love, and shameless, weird order rankings with bronze medals, you know, drop us a line um, and you can leave us a five-star review or four-star, whatever you feel is appropriate, although five stars would be better. Um, and let us know what you liked about it. We'll give on-air shout-outs to everyone who loves it, and today's on-air shout-out goes to Sammy Blings, who left us a great note saying she's Team Geraldine and thinks we are hilarious with Zodiac Academy. And you know what? We are. So, there. Thank you, Sammy Blings. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for us today, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.